Oh, it's wonderful to be with you guys today. But, but honestly, I wish I was with Dennis and those guys. Israel, you know, I, I, just, I just think he said he was, you know, he's, he's always looking forward. And he, I said, I may, I may uh, try to go with you this next time. It's, it's an extraordinary thing to be in Israel. And I just, we should just pray for them that God will just anoint and bless and refresh it's an extraordinary time. Um, this, speaking of times, this is nearly the end of the church year, and I am very, very deeply formed by the by the church calendar. Uh, it it is uh, it it is something that has been going on in the church for many, many centuries. Uh, every year, we will think of a theme, and then we will apply that theme. We'll apply it through all the way through. And this year's theme is on. Uh, uh, Paul for us. Uh, we have gone through the prison epistles. We've looked at Paul, especially his phrasing, ambassador in chains. Paul was a person who liked to use names. He named uh, a lot of things. There's a word in the uh, uh, Latin word that refers to the apostolic inclination to invent new words to describe what is going on with us. It's called a hapax legomena, a one-of-a-kind word. There are many words in the Greek that are only used one time. They're not used any other place. Uh, it's, it's as if the Spirit through the apostles, there was such wondrous beauty and magnificence in the grace of Jesus of Nazareth that they had to invent new words. They would take an article like hyper and grace and stick them together. Hyper grace. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that is what in some ways has just occurred in the coolest thing that has happened in Wichita in a long time. Eastside has a new name. Uh, these are suspenders under here. You can't see them. Uh, you guys have a new name. <laughs> you have a new name. I, I nearly jumped out of my... I was like John in the womb of Elizabeth when Dennis told me that. said, what? Have you lost your mind in a day like this? The election is coming up. All of us will vote. Uh, think of the name calling that has been going on in this election. Uh, names have this sort of ability. Names, names are very powerful. Our Lord has given a name. Uh, the names of God we sing. The great I am. Jesus used that. Naming and becoming what you are, uh, there, there are huge implications for becoming what you guys have just named yourself. And, and to me, one of my favorite things, uh, uh, I, I think there's no one who knew the English language like Shakespeare. As a wordsmith myself, there's no one like him. There's no one who's, he wrote in raggedy wagons in between gigs. He wrote some of the most magnificent English prose ever to be written. And all of us at least heard of, it's a very well-known thing in Western civilization. His, his great play, probably the most, the most acted, play ballet that's in his entire corpus, which is extraordinary. It's what's in a name? You know, Romeo and Juliet, uh, the central struggle and plot of that is, is, is the name between these two lovers and their family names and all of that. And one of the great lines in that uh, ballet, that play, that, that narrative is what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Sort of as if in some ways, whatever we call any name anywhere, uh, 
you know, what's more important than simply uh, the name is the object. Uh, I love semantics. I mean, I love the feel of semantics. And in that field, there's a difference between the world of words and the world of not words. And so I can call this podium anything I want to, as long as I stipulate that when I use the word she block, it is this black thing right here. Now, what is that? Is it a podium, a she block? I could give a bunch of languages and call it a name. Names in, in Shakespeare thing is sort of, names are arbitrary is what he's saying. A rose by any other name is going to smell just as sweet. It's nearly as if names are not important. But that is, that is absolutely wrong meaning, I think, of what he was saying. Everything is at stake in you owning the name that you have. Your name is more than a brand. It's more than just some corporate thing. It's not just an opportunity to change our, you know, our signage and things like that. Biblically, the name is everything. If you were to take just a scan of the great stories and narratives, this pearl of wonderful episodes of God's grace, you would find that God Almighty changed names quite a bit. Uh, the woman, uh, Eve, the mother of us all, she was named Eve by Adam, literally the mother of all living. Abram, who was called uh, you know, the fellow, 75 years old, uh, when God called him out of Ur of the Chaldees, his name was Abram. God gave him the name Abraham, father of many nations, or Sarai. Sarai, her name is princess. That's what it means. But God gave her the name Sarah, which means mother of nations. Jacob, who was called, uh, <laughs> well, he was just a deceiver. I'm going to talk about him a little bit. God gave Jacob the name Israel, which means struggler, with God and man, supplanter. Uh, Simon was called a Peter uh, by the Lord. He went from really an unstable character to the rock, Jesus called him, at their retreat at Caesarea Philippi. James and John, the son of Zebedee, a fisherman in their dad's business, Jesus called them Boanerges, which literally means sons of thunder. And did they create it? And Joseph, the gentle Joseph, he was called uh, Barnabas by the apostles. They renamed him. He was so encouraging. He was so open that when they saw this brother, they said, man, why don't we call him son of encouragement? Look at how encouraging he is. And then finally, uh, Naomi. Naomi, uh, her name was Pleasant, but all the tragedy that went through her life, she renamed herself. She called her name. My name is Mara now. I'm going to call my name Bitterness. I'm going, to, I'm going to live into a new reality, and the only way to do that is to call myself something. If you look at all of the Bible, God always will change a person's name, or their name means more than what you think. As a matter of fact, I will say that the new name of you guys calling yourself Messiah people, Christ is a title. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the anointed one, the one that we've been looking for, the man of God's own choosing, Luther says. Next year will be the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. Uh, that, that old German who, when, when the Lord got him grace, he quit the Augustinian monks, married a renegade nurse, put beer in huge ales, and wrote theology in a castle. My kind of brother. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Grace made him an just transformed him. 
His name. Guys, I'm saying that the thing that you guys have just stepped into is one of the most remarkable things. It's an opportunity for everyone here at ChristPeople.Church to live into a new identity. A new name speaks in this. And I told your pastor this when I saw him this week. I was so excited. I still am. A new name. I want to talk about three things related to your name. A, A new name means that your place and role in God's divine plan, you might want to rediscover what that means. I'm going to talk about Abram and Sarai in that. A new name means that you have a new direction and destiny. It means that, that your perspective and your practice toward a brand new open horizon. When God gives a new name, it means that what we've done is not necessarily what we're going to become. We can become new, and I'm interested in that. Because for me, Christianity is a romance. It's an adventure story. It's more like that than a spreadsheet or a math equation. Jesus is, Jesus is Lord. He's infecting and investing and moving all over the world in 10,000 human cultures. He's being declared as Lord of all. And in this church, in this church, your church, you have said we're going to rename ourselves after him. Come on now. Look, I'm not, I'm not like crazy, but uh, look, uh, you know, to me, I'm like a, I, I, I'm eating popcorn looking at each, your n- new church. It's like an adventure story. Man, this is going to be good right here. Watch. You know, I'm saying that what God is doing in you, you can either, you can either just make this nothing or you can see what God Almighty may want to do in your lives, in your marriages. If you're single, if your family, this is time for a brand new you. A new direction, new open future. <laughs> Golly, I'm so excited. I'm going to blow up. If I do, uh, my, my brother who couldn't get his jacket clean, he's going to have a whole lot of problem if an African-American <laughs> blows up on stage. I mean, if they can't even clean a jacket, what are you going to do with a blown up African-American on this? I don't really know what, I don't, I don't understand. Look, guys. I want to talk about transformation and change, and then I'll talk through Peter. So Abram and Sarah, Jacob, and then, and then Peter. Guys, let's begin at the beginning. Abram and Sarai. He was a 75-year-old, a pagan, essentially in the Ur of the Chaldees, modern-day Iraq. And God called him out, uh, uh, and, and, and one day, on a very brisk night, he probably looked up and saw the swath of the Milky Way, and God Almighty said that I am going to choose you, and through you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed through you. So Abram, their role in God's divine plan was completely changed because God changed his name. Now, listen to what God says about Abram's change and Sarai's change in Genesis 17, verse 5 and 15, uh, respectively. Uh, In verse 5 of Genesis 15, we read about Abram's changed his name. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I made you the father of of a multitude of nations. From Abram to Abraham, a father of a multitude of nations. And for Sarai, and God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai. It means princess is what Sarai means. But Sarah shall be her name, mother of many nations. 
father of a multitude of nations, mother of nations, and they are barren as, as this floor up here. There is no way on any sort of standard that you could look at them and reason from the way they are. Guys, he was 75 when he started. God gave him a promise. He waited on the promise of an angel wandering for 25 years in the wilderness with no clue that God Almighty, at 99, angels came to him and said, this time next year you're going to have, you're going to have a baby. Uh, and Sarah was listening in the tent. Read it. She was listening in the tent, and she cracked up. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. And the angels said to Abraham, said, wait, she, she's in there laughing. And Abraham, Abraham went to her and said, were you laughing at the, what they do? You, you need to read the Bible with t tone. Were you laughing? Were you laughing when they were, you know, when they were talking about that? She said, no, I wasn't laughing. You know what they call, you know what they call their baby? You know what his name means, Isaac? Laughter, chuckles. <laughs> Guys, they're unlikely. He's 99 years old. You could not look at Abram or Sarai and say, of course there are going to be a multitude of nations. She's going to be a mother of nations. No, God looked at her, and because he's God, he can, he can draw out of nothing that which does not exist and speak it into existence. You used to be Eastside. Now you are Christpeople.church. Golly, what does that mean? If I was here, I, I, look, look, this is, this is so exciting, I just feel funny about it. God, the change was made, they became the father and mother of many nations. It had nothing to do with what they did. He was 75 years old, he wandered for 25, the promise came, and he had chuckles when he was 100. <laughs> Guys, what must God want to do? Have you ever thought about that? Maybe... Your pastor had that dream, and it came to him, and he shared it with the elders. And all of you guys for these last few weeks have been talking about that, and it seems very low-key. Maybe it's not a miracle to you, but maybe God Almighty wants to do something for North America in Christpeople.church. Maybe God wants to do something so unique, so new, that every one of you must live into a new name. Every one of you. Not just the church, you. Your family, your marriage, your, your life must change now. What if God wants to do something spectacular and you guys are it? I told that to your pastor. I said, man, you better get ready. God's going to make you fruitful. He's going he's to he's start a new covenant. If you look very carefully at the name change of Abram and Sarai, it was associated with God's covenant promise. Behold, look at Genesis 17, 4 through 8. Behold, my covenant is with you. My covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I made you, I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. And I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout your generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you 
and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Now, if you look at this uh, text associated with name change, I think this could relate to you guys. I'm just a theologian trying to muse. I'm just thinking, reflecting. It could be that God Almighty, through his plan, his covenant with, with, with Christ's church, he wants to make you tremendously fruitful. He wants to do something unique, something beyond what you can see. Sarah's womb was dry. She could never have baby. It was impossible. If God didn't do it, it would never happen. And God made it happen. So what must God may want? Could it be, guys, that God, God wants to transform you in some way, your worship and, and your influence, <laughs> your numbers? Maybe, maybe God wants a Christ people.church in Beijing or Seoul, Korea or Lagos, Africa. Maybe you're to be the center of a new movement, something new and fresh that touches all kinds of cultures and peoples. People carrying boomboxes on the south side of Chicago. People swinging incense in cold chapels in Kiev. Maybe God wants you to be something that you never even dreamt. And all because your name is changed and you should live into that. You have a new name. You have a new name. So there must be new impact. Guys, look at the, look at the cartoon drawing. Look at the graphic. How could, how could great grandfolk age folk have a brand new baby who himself would become the seed of Messiah? You call your name after him. Christ, Christos, is the Greek rendering of the word Mashiach, the Hebrew, it's, it's Messiah, the anointed one, the one that God chose. Guys, you call yourself that. You said we are now going to be the people of Messiah. We're Christ's people. We want everyone to know we're going to put that on display. We're going we're to turn the amps up. We are going to get crazy here. Yeah. And then, then those of us who bring uh, baptized to, to, to worship, we'll get ready. I want to be hot and sweaty when I'm done. Yeah, we worship God today. I went to ChristPeople.Church. There are new people. They understand who they are. Guys, this is where you begin. You begin with Abram and Sarai, a, a brand new covenant, but not stop there. What about, what about Jacob? Jacob? Jacob's name change spoke to a new direction and destiny. One of my favorite texts in all of Scripture is this amazing moment when the, when the deceiver, the supplanter, wrestled with an angelic figure all night long. And out of that wrestling, out of that toil, out of that conflict, there was a brand new name given. Look, look at uh, Genesis 32, uh, verse 27 through 30. And he said to him, the angelic being, what is your name? He asked, he asked this of Jacob. He says, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. That's what Israel means. It means struggler. It means supplanter. It means wrestler. It means difficult overcomer. <laughs> Jacob asked him, well, please tell me your name, man. He didn't probably say the man part, but tell me your name. But he said, why is, why is it that you, you ask uh, my name? Why is it? 
why, why, do, why do you ask my name? What is it that, that, you're, that you're asking? Why is it, why is it you ask my name? And the angelic figure blessed him. And then it says, so Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. It literally, in the Hebrew means, I have seen the face of God. He wrestled all night with a divine being. He got a new name, and then he named the place again. Come on now, y'all. <laughs> Come on now. You, you just changed your name. Those of you who have been with Eastside from the beginning, you know these 23 years have been struggle. This hasn't been as the crow flies. There are all sorts of things you've had to overcome. I like my past, but I don't want to be limited by it. I don't. I'm thankful for my past. I am. Look at the past of Jacob. He was a deceiver, a spoiler. He grabbed hold of his, his brother's heel as a twin coming out. He was just made for fighting, and he robbed Esau of his birthright. Uh, he, he, he deceived Isaac to get his brother's blessing. Everything about Isaac was just trouble. But when the name came, he went from deceiving fellow to the supplanter, the overcomer who prevails with God and men. Dear friends, I've had a long past, and I look back at the things that I've gone to. There's an African-American song that says, my soul looks back, and I wonder how I got over it. I look at all those things that God brought me through. Death of my boy, you know, just lost so many people. A tough ministry, more than 40 years. I've gone through thousands of things, and I look at that, and I wonder how I got over it. But I don't let that determine this, my future. You understand? No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter who you know, all the struggles that you've had, that is not you. You don't consult your memory to determine your future with God. Do you hear what I'm saying? God gives you a brand new future. He said, look, you've been the deceiver. You've been the crazy guy. But now I'm going to open up. And what's the... What does this signify for you guys? It means that God, God said, I'm going to make you, Mr. Wrestler, the nation's source from whom the Messiah would come. That's what God said. I'm going to call you Jacob. Your, known, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. You have striven with God, and you now have prevailed. And I think this relates to you guys. I do. I think God has provided you guys with a new direction, a new destiny. What you have done as a church is very unusual. When you look at the legacy, it took all those years, and everything that's good and beautiful about Eastside can continue, but the name now is, is different. What you were and the legacy that you have, you should embrace. But that legacy should not interfere with what God is going to do now and certainly should not limit you on how you will prevail for Christ in the future. If I were an elder, if I were a member here, I would expect that out of the struggle that we have had these 23 years, God Almighty is about to do something new. Our perspective and our hearts, our understanding of who we are. Guys, this is true for everyone, every single, every marriage, every family here. Every one of you who have struggled to get to where you are, now God wants to give you a new name and give you a new future. It's an amazing thing. You guys could become the center for a whole new experience of Christian faith. We're the church that changed our name from Eastside. Thank God for that legacy. It took us years to become that. But look at what we are now. We are Christ's people, church. 
And one final word on this name change, Peter. Not only Abram and Sarai, not only Jacob. What about Peter? Peter? Peter is an amazing figure in the Bible. Guys, there are more citations of Peter in the Gospels than all the other apostles put together. Peter is the world's most famous Christian. There are more articles, books, writings on Peter next to Jesus than anything. He is the dominant guy. Guys, there's no question about it. And at a retreat at Caesarea Philippi, uh, the Lord was asking, okay, who do people say that I am? And some said, well, you, you're a prophet. Some say uh, you're John the Baptist, reborn, reincarnate. Uh, others, you know, they, everyone has an opinion. Jesus said to them in Matthew 16, 15, he says, but, but who do you say that I am? Give me a name. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the one that was prophesied in Eden. You're the one that God said, God said, I am going to give a seed of the woman who will come and destroy the devil who has wrecked us and the curse and evil and the grave and death. There's one person that will come and will smash the power of evil in the world. He will come and reign forever in a new heaven and new earth. And we will shine like stars in a brand new heaven and earth. And this Jesus is what you just call your name by. <laughs> You're going to tell me this isn't significant? You're going to say this isn't like really important? Jesus, look what, what our Lord said to him. He said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father was in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, he dubbed him, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Dear friends, God took that one day, that one Caesarea, that beautiful place, it's where, it's where your pastor and, and, and the company will go. They'll go to Caesarea Philippi. They will go to the place in tradition where Jesus probably said these words. Peter, the rough, raw guy who always put his foot in his mouth, who was just sort of stupid and clumsy. But I told my kids as I was raising them, I said, you probably know more mathematics than Peter. He, he didn't travel much. He couldn't read well. He was a peasant, a commoner, a big guy with big fingers, I imagine. He smelled like fish. He was the, the great guy who always opened his mouth without thinking. He was raw. He was rough. It was him that God gave a new name, guys. Now, what does this say about you? What does this say about what God may want to do? He went from Mr. Unstable to the leader of the apostles. He's the one who, who opened the door for the church. He's the one that spoke to the first Gentiles, non-Jews, and saw the Holy Spirit fall on Cornelius and those other bacon-smelling Gentiles in that room. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. You mean even Gentiles? You know, and I'm sure his first bacon sandwich, there's some good, there's some good eating. Shoot. <laughs> He's the guy who opened the door for the church. Peter, Mr. Clumsy, Mr. Unstable. God gave him a new name. He was able to transform himself and quite literally fulfill a brand new future. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father is in heaven, and I call you Peter. On this rock I will build my church. 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You see, when God changes a name in Abram and Sarai, when he changes it in Jacob, when he changes it in Peter, guys, he wants you to transform your community. You guys can represent him locally and throughout the world. A brand new perspective. To me, a brand new purpose. You can completely transform your practice. Guys, I don't know if you realize, in, in Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 through 17, Jesus says to the church of Pergamum that if you overcome, I'm going to give you the hidden manna that no one has seen. I have a white stone with your new name on that stone, and I'm going to give that to you. Jesus of Nazareth is going to give you a new word. He's going to call you something new. Those of us who believe, he has a word for you that you will live into for the rest of your destiny. <laughs> Mate, what if, what if God Almighty wants to do something unique in your life right now in a name? Guys, what's in a name? What, what, is, what, what does Shakespeare tell us? Yeah, you know, that which we call a, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. That's what he's saying. Uh, I, 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 I haven't had sufficient time to drill down on this, but there's enough to know this. You've heard this. Everything is at stake in a believer owning the name. I'm an African-American guy. I was, named, I was named Don Lloyd Davis. That is the name my folks gave to me. I'm thankful for that name. I've talked to them about it. But guys, I'm more than that. I've got a new name. I was called by the name of Jesus. Your community now has draped his name over your community. You now are the place that if I want to hear of the Nazarene's love, I will go to Christpeople.church. There's not a person in this church who shouldn't be able to tell this story. That which we have believed from the beginning by all of us everywhere. Guys, it's a simple story. And the church here tells it every year. All of the Old Testament promises a Messiah who would come. And we know that Messiah to be Jesus uh, of Nazareth, uh, the, 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 the son of Mary. Uh, during Epiphany, the church celebrates him being the light of the Gentiles and the glory of his people Israel. And we think, we all take this journey for 40 days during Lent where we think about his resolve to go to the cross. And we then, during Holy Week, we pause and we think about him suffering on the tree and dying there, suspended between two worlds. And on the third day, he rose in power from the grave. Forty days after that, he ascended as Lord, as Messiah into heaven. Ten days after that, the Spirit of God has come into the earth. And since that time, he is Lord. One of the oldest Christian images uh, that we've ever seen. The Lord who is the Lamb and the Shepherd at the same time. This is the one you're calling yourself by now. You represent him. This great one that we preach to the, to the nations of. And we use these two little Greek words, Maranatha, even so come. Because one day the Father will nod to the Son. He will open heaven and come down to this earth and set up a kingdom that will never end. And those of us who belong will live like stars, like kings and queens in a brand new heaven and earth that he designs. This is who we are. Until you live into that, you won't know what your name means. Do you think this is just words? Or do you believe in MessiahPeople.church? One day, he's coming and he's going to shine. I can't wait to see him. This story is your story now. Like, like Vincent of Lorenz, the, the fifth century uh, theologian, 
Quod ubique, quod semper, quod ad omnibus credium est. What we have always believed everywhere by all of us. The Christ story. That's who you represent now. We believe in Jesus of Nazareth. And you have been called by his name. Guys, there is a, uh, an illustration. Archimedes, one of my favorite guys. Archimedes is a, is a fellow, who, he, very simple. He's a mathematician. Uh, I find him just fascinating, reading his thoughts and stuff. Uh, this is, he, he, he talked a lot about fulcrum and leverage and all of that. He has this thing that says, give me one firm spot, a place to stand, and a lever long enough and a fulcrum strong enough. So him having a place to stand, a lever long enough, and a fulcrum strong enough, and you wedge it under a big object, he said, I can move the earth if we do that. Guys, you know who, what you have just done in changing your name? You're declaring as a community that Jesus of Nazareth is your firm spot. That the risen Christ, the Lord of all, is your true path now. And the great challenge for each of you in your lives is to stay on this path. You have to live into this name. He's the greatest, single most remarkable person I've ever seen. He changed everything in my life. I love him with my heart. I live for the moment when I embrace him for myself. And he tells me what he thinks I did with my life after I knew him. You have this moment now in your life. You will look into your pocket. You've been spending your little change of life. You'll step in one day and your change will be gone. So what does your life mean? What have you been living for? There are Christians who are more concerned about their gutters than people who live in the gutters. There are people who really say they know him and they don't ever think about him. You now have embraced his name. So instantly you have my attention. I can't wait to see what y'all become. What you're going to be. I'm just totally humbled by y'all. I told your pastor this. I said, man, please be, be true to that name. Live into that name, dear brother. And watch the Lord honor himself. Dear friends, this is a great moment for you if you, if you wish it. Uh, a new name points to new things. A new role, a new direction, a new transformation. My, my desire, I'm a priest of God and a servant of God. I'm a steward of the mysteries of God. And I tell y'all today as his priest that you should live into your new name. You should live into your new name. You should represent him with honor wherever you go and whatever you do. And he will glorify himself through you. And this place will be key to his own glory. And for that, that's all we've ever wanted. Everything's at stake in you living and owning the name. Pray with me, please. Father, I pray in the name of the risen King himself, Jesus of Nazareth, the one true Lord of all, the one whose blood, Lord, can wash all of us clean, the one whose invitation of grace is for every single child of Adam, man, woman, boy, and girl, this one great prince of life who now offers freedom and wholeness and deliverance and joy to everyone who comes to him. Father, Eastside is called by your name now.
I pray in my heart you will visit them. Visit every single, every marriage, every family here, all the children. Lord, do something great among the elders and in their vision. Honor yourself in this great community. And bring glory to yourself through the decisions that they make. Let this place honor the risen Christ. Let him get glory for himself through what they become. Because everything's at stake, Father, in owning the name. The name of Jesus of Nazareth, our Lord. In his high and glorious name I pray. Amen.